0: It's time for OWC Radio, Tech Talk with Creatives, conversations with host Serena Catania.
1: This is Serena Catania with OWC Radio. I have Richard Taylor with me. He is a producer, editor, post-production supervisor for eight years at the National Archives. But we know him in our community as a Final Cut expert. He's also the host of Final Cut Radio and FCPX TV, And both shows, which I have been on and I love. So you need to watch those. Richard, how are you?
0: I am doing well on the East Coast of the USA. I got to always plug the East Coast because everybody's from the West Coast these days.
1: <laughs> so You guys aren't going to believe what happened. OK, I got up at five o'clock this morning because I moved to a new place. And I'm trying to get the studio set up and I worked for several hours unpacking and wiring and and then I went into the into the other room sat down for a minute and fell sound asleep and and uh, Richard's message to me <laughs> you know, it said I'm here and the phone dinged and I went oh, and but you know when you're sleeping so soundly and you don't even know where you are for a second that's what yep. happened yep. so absolutely so I'm groggy so I'm sitting here in front of my my uh, macbook pro where i am recording this um with a cup of coffee and uh, i got an espresso machine for christmas isn't that great so I oh, go, you did yeah what kind? oh what it's, kind of- it's it's the nespresso the nespresso okay it's really cute it's bright red it sits on my counter next to the other coffee machine and i go i actually go to costco now and get the pete's coffee have you ever tried the pete's coffee
0: I order Pete's from Washington State. Oh, really? Well, well. Here's the, here's the deal. They ship it the same day they roast it.
1: Ooh.
0: In other words, it doesn't sit around on the shelf for a week or two weeks. You place your order, they ship it the same day. I get Pete's coffee from Washington State in two days.
1: Okay, so it's what is this, Pete'sCoffee.com?
0: Yes, P-E-E-T-S.com. I, I get the Columbia coffee. Uh, because it's the only place that I found that has dark roast Columbia. Most of the Colombians are medium roast or light roast, and this is dark roast, and I really really like it.
1: No, I like the dark roast, and I actually um, now do the, do, can you order the Nespresso cups? They have
0: yeah, they have some of those exactly. Yes, they do. They have different different varieties. It's but it's yeah. You know, one of the other things about Pete's is they ship a full pound, not 12 ounces. Wow. A lot of these coffee places are shipping 12-ounce bags, mm-hmm. not a full pound. Mm-hmm. Pete's ships 16-ounce bags. Here's the other thing about Pete's. They have been coffee roasters in the family since the 1960s.
1: I didn't know that. R- Richard, you just oh, yeah. you always amaze me. You have all this knowledge about all these amazing things. How do you Certain do this? Things. I
0: mean, <laughs> Certain things.
1: Yeah, we love coffee. I mean coffee. Oh, we and-
0: absolutely love coffee. We I was talking to there was a post Alistair Robi from Australia posted this morning. He says, Repeat after me, coffee is not food. And I responded, <laughs> Coffee is way above food. <laughs> coffee first, everything else second. There, that's there a you that, go. that's a pizza that's a pizza advertising campaign. <laughs>
1: I know I, I, I tell my girls I wish I had somebody that would just come in the room in the morning and bring me coffee before I even get out of bed. <laughs> that would be wonderful.
0: Well, but- I actually I actually do that um, to my uh, girlfriend, Jane. I say girlfriend, we've been life partners for over 20some years. I get up in the morning 4:30. Uh, I make coffee for myself. I feed the cats, and I make her a cup of. She wants tea in the morning, first thing, so I make her a cup of tea and bring it back to her every morning.
1: Oh, that's so sweet. That's really sweet.
0: Well, it's just, it's just uh, you know, it's a, it's a. I'm out there anyway. She didn't get up as early as I do. So.
1: That, that's funny. I get up around 4:30, 5 o'clock latest every <clears throat> day. Every day, and I like to watch the sun come up. Yep. It's just uh yep. it's just a ritual. Now you told me you you run a couple miles every morning. Between right? six
0: and seven, yes. I get up. So we get up at thirty, make coffee, wake up, check you know, maybe check Twitter for see what things are going on, feed the cats. And just I like I don't like waking up quickly. <laughs> I like waking up slowly. <laughs> so by the time six o'clock hits, I'm out the door running. As long as it's not in like teens. If it's in the upper twenties or thirties and not windy, I'll go out running.
1: Hmm.
0: Take well, my iPod, uh, AirPod Pros
1: and Oh yeah, I love those AirPod Pros I bought a pair when we were at the Creative Summit And I have to tell you, I'm I'm listening to more music now uh, Because you can hear things with the iPod Pros that you couldn't with the other iPods And it's, yeah. it's actually better even than listening to it on speakers
0: Yeah, I, I like them too I, I, I was kind of doubtful at first, but I do like them I have both pairs. I have the older pair for my iPad, yeah. which is next to my bed, and then I have the other one for my iPhone.
1: God, all this technology, you know, I keep my iPad next to my bed at night too. Even though I keep saying I shouldn't bring technology into the bedroom, but I kind of like watching my iPad at night. <laughs> it it's depends terrible. on
0: whether it depends on whether you have trouble sleeping. If you have no trouble sleeping, it doesn't make any difference. People that have trouble sleeping sometimes are told not to bring technology into the room with them. I, have, mm. I can fall asleep in five minutes almost all the time. So,
1: Yeah, I can sleep anywhere. when I'm tired, as you know from this morning, I told you I would. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I sat down in the recliner with a cup of coffee next to me, fell sound asleep. I mean, literally, I don't know how I got into that deep sleep so quickly. I must have needed it.
0: Well, it sounds but, like you're, you're busy, you know, moving is... I think it's of it as an adventure, but it's also a lot of work, work emotionally and physically. I I was looking at videos that I ha- had from when i I built a house next door to me in the mid '80s. I built the whole thing. I mean, I had a crew, but I built. I was a contractor. I did the excavation. I did the footings. I did the, I you know I got con you know different contractors for different things. I had a carpenter crew come in, but I was watching video that I did. When I moved out of that house, I went through the entire house with me, camera pointed towards me. This is way before selfies, because this was in the, you know, in the, well, actually, this was 2000, because I moved right. in 2000. Right. So a picture, you know, I have a camera facing me, and I'm talking, going through the house and showing the house the way it was when I left it and everything, just for the heck of it. It's, it's an emotional thing. I mean, for me, it was.
1: Yeah. I mean, happiness is an emotion. I'm happy here. I love it. I wake up every morning and I tell the house how much I love it. It's just really nice. I have hummingbirds and lizards and little bunnies and uh, birds in the bird feeder. I mean, in the little fountain. I found this great little solar, uh, it's just a little solar float and you put it in the water fountain outside in the back and it it's a fountain. It becomes a fountain. It runs on solar. The birds love it, so it's kind of like a little a little haven. I think when you work as hard as we do, it's really important to create a a beautiful life wherever you are. You know, even when I yes. was in the little when I first moved to San Diego, I moved to a small apartment because I didn't know where I wanted to kind of settle, and um, but I built this this garden on the balcony and. Um, you know, kind of built a little haven in there. And now that I have the house, it's it's just, uh, yeah, it's really nice. We work really hard. All of us do in this business. I mean, what's the what's the piece of art or the the photograph with the, the filmmaker in the middle of the night, and it's the only light on in the building? That's kind of the way we all are, isn't right.
0: it? Right. Well, especially if you get involved with the project. I don't want to go to sleep. I want to keep on working because I really enjoy this. Yeah. You know. Absolutely, it happens a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm building a studio in the garage here, and that's going to be really fun. I, I kind of like uh, I'm. I get up, and my brain clicks on, and it's on overdrive. Uh, so I get out of bed, I make the coffee, and I already want to sit down at the computer. I have to tell myself to slow down um, because I think for me, first thing in the morning, are when all the ideas come, and that's when I do my best writing. If I'm writing or, you know, creating a story on Final Cut or whatever I'm editing on. But you said something about the uh, let's talk about uh, podcasting. Okay. Um, because everybody's asking me about podcasting, and you have a wonderful setup. Can you kind of look around and tell us? I don't know which studio you're in because you have two of them. You have one for editing and one for right. your, your radio show. But right. picture that you're in the room where you do your radio show. What do you have around you?
0: Well, I have a, I'm talking through a Neumann TLM 103 microphone, which is a studio microphone going into an Apollo Twin X audio interface. And that is going into a scarlet, two, two something, two channel um, USB audio interface. And the reason I go through that is because I have control over blending your voice with my voice. I have a balance control over Skype and my live voice. If I just use the Apollo, I don't have control over the Skype. I don't have a blend control. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes the Skype's too too loud, or I can't hear, it or whatever. So I have it. I got this specifically because it has a blend control. Mm-hmm. But as far as as far as there's a lot to talk about with podcasting. This is not really bragging, but I know nobody else who's been podcasting as long as I have, except Adam Curry, who invented podcasting. I've been doing it for fifteen years without a break. You I've know, never I'm, I'm, wonder,
1: I'm wondering if you were at that very first podcasting convention. Where was it? In Ontario, years and years and years ago. Um, and Adam, no, I, Adam no, Curry I was there.
0: Were you there with Adam Curry? I,
1: I was, he had me on his show.
0: He did? Yeah. Daily Source Code?
1: Yeah, they recorded it in Ontario. Or maybe it was somebody okay. else's show, and Adam and I were on there together. But I remember vividly because... For two reasons: number one, Adam Curry, I think it's awesome, and he is. I learned a lot from him. And secondly, because Twitter was just starting, and <clears throat> there were there were maybe I don't know there were hard, hardly anybody was using Twitter, but we were using it to figure out where we all were. And and uh, I don't know what year that was. We'd have to look that up.
0: Well, I know the I know the year of the podcasting when that was That was two thousand and four.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Adam Curry.
0: Yeah, yeah. Adam Curry had the first podcast that I listened to, which was Daily Source Code. And he started that. I started listening to him in August of 2004. And the interesting thing what was he it was him and Dave Werner that started the actual what what it became podcasting. So podcasting is not the audio recording, okay? It's not the audio recording. No. Podcasting is the automatic downloading of, of audio files in mm-hmm. the background so they're available mm-hmm. for you in the morning or whatever. That's how it started. Right, with, right. With our With RSS feeds. And that was Adam Curry and Dave Werner starting that first enclosure in the RSS feed. Hmm. So the, I started listening to him because he was the first podcast, but this is before... This is before iTunes had podcasting. iTunes didn't have podcasting no, until didn't. June of June of 2005 is when Steve Jobs introduced the category of podcast to iTunes and he asked Adam Curry if he was okay.
1: Oh, I didn't know Adam, that either. Yes, Adam <laughs> talks
0: about it all the time. Steve Jobs called him and said, is it okay? Not that he couldn't say no, it's not okay because he would have done it anyway.
1: Yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. That's but it's amazing. interesting,
0: so... it it was 2004 august 2004 in the fall of that year there's there was a bunch of podcast applications podcatcher and pod this pod that before itunes brought it up so i bought a couple of those potter x and stuff and the biggest podcast at the time was well adams was very big was dawn and drew i don't know if you remember them or not
1: Mm, don't remember them
0: yeah it was Adam had something to do with that, with um, getting them started. So they were the first ones that I really listened to on a regular basis, beside Adam. And that back in those days, there weren't that many podcasts out. No, and, and then Phil- it,
1: Philip Hodgetts had one of the very early ones. But Philips wasn't a podcast. Yeah.
0: And here's what the, here's what I was going to say. So podcasting started with the download of the. Podcasting is a an enclosure in the r s s feed mm-hmm. that will you go to it. it'll download the audio file in the background. Philip had the d v guys mm-hmm. he was out before uh, Adam Curry, but he wasn't a podcast because podcasting didn't exist. Adam Curry invented podcasting. Philip had a file on his website, the d v guys mm-hmm. that you that you could go and download and listen to right? Mhm. But podcasting made that automatic, that's the difference. Also, at the time Philip was out, cause I'd listened to them. Also, there was a show called Mac World Live, which mm-hmm. was, um, that was another one I listened to. You had to go and get the file, download the file yourself, and then you could listen to it on MP3 player. But it wasn't automatic, Pod- the podcasting started the automatic.
1: I'm trying to remember what year we started the digital production buzz. Well, Philip was on that. Um, well, he Philip that started later. the buzz, and then Larry Jordan bought it from Philip, and then and and I began producing the buzz for Larry and with Larry when he bought it from Philip.
0: I see. And I, I was
1: see. on that show uh, for nine years. Okay. Yeah. I listened to that show as well. Yep. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Well, I. Be- because I was doing audio interviews, but they were, as you said, they were same as the DV guys. I was recording people and yes. recording the files, and then people would go to the website and download them. And I think that may be what caught Adam Curry's eye. I don't remember; it's been so many years. I just remember. I remember because I'm so visual where we were sitting in the convention center when they recorded us talking.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, there is between uh, between uh, 2000 and 2004, there was a couple of things going on with RSS feed and stuff. Uh, you know, there might have been a technically, I think there was technically a podcast before Daily Source Code, but Daily Source Code was the first one that I listened to in August twenty thousand, two thousand and four. 2004. And he it was a mixed show. He had music. He had just talking. But he would he would do it just about daily, which is one of the other things. That people, if you're going to do a podcast, you should do it on a, you know, a regular basis, whether mm-hmm. it's once a week, once every two weeks. And that's that's one of the things about podcasting. The other thing about podcasting is, it's easy to start a podcast. What's hard is to keep a podcast going month after month, year after year.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've
0: been, I've been doing it 15 years. Yeah. I've never stopped. I've never said I'm going to take a break and take off a year and come back a year from now. I have never stopped since I first started podcasting
1: well, you're really good at it. you have a perfect voice for it and you have the knowledge you can talk to so many different kinds of people about just about anything you know I love it because I like talking to people. I mean to me oh it's, I a, do too. Oh, it's a dream job. you can go anywhere in the world and do what you love, meet new people and and share that with others. I can't imagine anything more fun. So when I've, when podcasting first started, there's a couple of
0: things that were going on at that point. So Apple came out in June of 2005 with a podcast section for iTunes. That blew things through the roof. Yeah, that blew did. things through the roof. Mm-hmm. It, my My numbers at that point were 10,000 downloads a month. Of my podcast
1: mm-hmm.
0: once once iTunes came out mm-hmm. and there's a couple of things related to that. A year later, in 2006, one year later, Apple celebrated the first anniversary of podcasting. At that point, there were about 10,000 podcasts, plus or minus, in 2005, 2006, and they had an anniversary celebration, the first birthday of podcasting. And they picked 52 podcasts, one for each week of the year, 52. And mine was one of them. Hmm.
1: That's I got so note. awesome. I didn't it know absolutely, that. Absolutely, <laughs> It
0: absolutely was amazing. Did
1: you frame I also it? Got it? Did you frame it? Oh, I note? have. Yeah, I have. Oh, it. That's I awesome. also,
0: the same year, I got a call from Rolling Stone Magazine, which I thought was a scam. I thought somebody was trying to scam me. They wanted to talk about my podcast. And I got a review in Rolling Stone Magazine that same year. Ugh. So that was really cool. You still have that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have, I have the actual copies, plus I have, of course, Blown up Blown Ups, it.
1: Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Well, we had a great run on the digital production buzz. That was fun. But he just stopped it last couple of years, or
0: last year he stopped it or something? Or.
1: Yeah, I left the show, oh, probably about three years ago, and okay. uh, I think it's been almost a year since they went, uh, I'd say, off the air, because I come right. from traditional radio. Sure. sure. Um, boy, I remember the days of, of radio at AFN in Germany when we were, you know, we didn't have engineers back then. Uh, we had to to do all of our own work in the studio I had two Ampex reels and I'd be queuing one this is I was playing music and doing local news so I'd be queuing up one reel while I was playing the other one and then talking in the middle of it trying to keep the keep the uh, content moving on schedule
0: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> you know Did you ever do traditional radio?
0: No I, I never did traditional radio. It sounded like it was a lot of work. It was well being a DJ. Was, whether it's just talking or music, it's just like a lot of work. You don't, you know, and the jobs are very fireable. People get fired left and right. I mean, look at the uh, what Howard Stern had to go through to get to where he get as famous as he was. How many times was he fired, over and over and over again? Just you know, it's just it seems so precarious your career. I've always liked a, a brick and mortar career. I go work forty hours a week, I get paid a forty hour a week check. Yeah. Something something tangible.
1: Well, your own boss on FCP TV, FCPX right. TV and right. Final Cut Radio, you're your own boss. But you know what I right. love about you, Richard? You maintain a schedule. I've noticed that about you. You you get up at a certain time, you bring your Long time girlfriend, a cup of, co- a cup of tea. Then I don't know if you guys have breakfast together, but then I, I noticed you eat dinner at pretty much the same time every yep, night. And you much. do your run at pretty much the same time every day. Do you think that kind of schedule helps you be more efficient? Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, it does. It, it helps cement your day. You know, I mean, physical activity is great. And I just, for some reason, I love running. Mm-hmm. I just I like it. So one of the things you want to do with exercise is do something that you enjoy rather than making yourself do something that you feel like it's a chore because right. that won't last. So I like running, so I do running. The fall and the spring are my favorite times to run.
1: Mm. Well, here... You know, here we can run, run you around here in San Diego.
0: <laughs> well, you have, you have the different seasons. You have the fire season and you have the,
1: <laughs> the flood
0: mudslide season, <laughs> the so you floods. have to be careful with those.
1: Yeah. I had a flood in my garage a few months ago. I think I was actually supposed to be on your show. I was oh, really? Like, wasn't I supposed to be on your show? And then I had a flood in, the, in my garage because it rained well, so I... hard and the water went, water went into the garage. And I have all my equipment in there. This was yeah, at the other place.
0: Could have been. Final Cut hmm. Pro Radio TV Live. I do those all the time.
1: Yeah, I think it was one of those. But uh, let's get back to podcasting for a minute, because I know okay. people are going to want to ask questions. So we've talked about your equipment, the uh, the Neumann TLM 103. I just actually bought the 102 because they told me that was really good for female voices. So I'm well, going to try go. that one out.
0: Well, don't, don't tell Chris Fenwick that.
1: No, why?
0: Because he has a 102.
1: You know, I thought they told me the 101, but then when I left NAB, I couldn't find a 101 anywhere, so I got the 102. I never heard of a 101, yeah. Well, yeah, I know. It was lined up. I have to find the picture I took during NAB, because I was going to buy the the 84, right? The classic, really, really expensive mic. And I was demoing it, and I talked to the person in charge of the booth. I was in the booth, and I said, you know, I've had it. I'm tired of trying microphones. And then, I mean, if you go into my equipment room, I cannot tell you how many microphones are in there. I'm always looking for one that I absolutely love. And I said, I'm just going to get the 84. I've had it. And he said, you know what? You don't really need to do that. I said, it's made for a male voice. That's my problem. I have a soprano voice. So what microphone is going to really help me? And he brought me over to the line of mics, and I put the headphones on, and I tried them, and I got to that one, and I went, oh, my goodness. That's my voice, but that's the best of my voice. Right. Right. So yep. what you don't want to do, this is my personal opinion, you don't want to do a lot of enhancing. I know people that do uh, radio or podcasting, and they add they add a lot of, they just tweak their voice so much that it just doesn't sound right anymore. You have a naturally deep voice, so I'm assuming you don't do too much enhancing.
0: I have a little bit of, a, I have a tube compressor mm-hmm. and a tube EQ, because I love mm-hmm. tube, the sound, of tube stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. So, with the uh, why do you like the Apollo, the twin?
0: Here's the difference between the Apollo line. It's Universal Audio, and everybody else. The Apollo has processing in the unit that that processes their software emulation plugins in real time. Oh, yeah. It it has it has chips that are dedicated to process the software. Like I said, I, I use a tube compressor and a tube EQ. They're being processed in real time and coming out to Skype. That's the difference between universal audio and everybody else. Now, I think Motu has something like that. That's It's called digital signal processing, but it's live. It's coming out live. It's done that You don't have a delay, you know, 50 milliseconds, 100 milliseconds delay. This is actually live because they, they process it in the unit itself. Hmm. It's just like it's just the next best thing to have in the actual hardware units here
1: wow i'm gonna I'm gonna have to try that. so you've got the scarlet a two channel scarlet
0: it's a two channel, yeah, it's the mm-hmm. uh, something it says four on it, but it only has two channels mm-hmm. and like I said, I have that because I have a blend in other words, I'm going into that in one of the channels. Skype is also your voice is also going into that but A lot of units, I have no control over which one I hear left. Mm -hmm. You know, I I have no blend. This hack's a blend control, so I can blend my volume with your volume, Mm -hmm. and I can hear both balance. That's why Mm -hmm. I like the uh, Scarlet for that.
1: I have a Scarlet on my desk here. It's the focus, right? It's the single channel. So I'm actually monitoring my voice, which I, I feel like, you know, I just kind of, I put half of it on one ear and, and full on the other ear sometimes. But I'm monitoring my voice through the Scarlet, and I'm talking into my, at the moment, my Rode mic. I'm going to put the, the Neumann on here later today and try that one out. What do you record with? You're recording on Skype, right?
0: Well, it depends. If, we, if you're talking about, like right now, if I'm doing an audio podcast, I record with Audio Hijack Pro. I've been using it for years and it's fantastic for, you know, for, for audio. You can like, I have, what I would do is I'd set up one channel for me, direct my microphone. I put a meter on it and go into recorder. The other channel would be Skype with a volume control of VU meter and then going into the recorder. And I record both channels independent of each other for audio that is. Mm-hmm. For, for video, the live stuff, I use Ecamm Live, which is a great application.
1: Yeah, I have, I have Ecamm Live. I've been using, I think we were discussing this earlier um, offline. I have Ecamm. I'm recording on Ecamm right now on Skype. So your voice is being recorded on Skype, and my voice is being recorded as well through Ecamm. And then I can take the, the file and I can split it.
0: Right, exactly. So
1: then I have I have a mix down, you know, a normal mix down that I've played with the volumes and then I can but I can also download that as a, a reference track and then I split the tracks and I can adjust and, and correct, you know, um, anything that you want to take out exactly. individually. So exactly. do you do a lot of post processing or
0: for the podcast? Yeah,
1: for the podcasts.
0: I only edit. I edit them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, just if they get off track, I'll take sections out. Like sometimes I'll interview somebody before NEB and we'll do a lot of talking about NEB. Mm-hmm. But after NAB's over, that's not interesting anymore. Right. And if I still want to use part of their stuff for the podcast, I'll take that NAB right. stuff out and just put it together. So I edit the podcast. I edit the audio podcast. Same as you do a video. Mm-hmm. you know you don't you don't do a video and just put just record it and then throw it out I mean you know we're video editors I'm an audio editor as well right the same same process i I can enhance it I can make it better by condensing usually if there's pauses or if there's a lot mm-hmm. of ums and ahs and stuff mm-hmm. and just I don't you know I'm not worried about taking them all out but take some of them out for the audience mm-hmm. I just go through I do two passes I go one a rough cut pass, and I'll go through and take ums and ahs. That have, not every one, but a lot of them. If there's clicky noises or some kind of distraction, or somebody drops a pencil or has to go get a cup of coffee, I'll take that section out. And if there's, like I said, a subject, maybe we talked about something we can't talk about on the air. Mm-hmm. happens a lot. Yeah. I'll take oh, that section out. Yeah, I'll I've had people say, out.
1: this is off the record. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> but
0: they still tell you. Yeah, then exactly. they talk
1: for five minutes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know, there's the old, you know, I got into this the other week or two ago (laughs) about people always use the cliche, those that know can't say, and those that say don't know. And I say, yeah, and there's another one. There's people that. that know things that are not under NDA. Right. And they can say anything they want. And I've talked to plenty of them over the years. So. It's not yeah. just those two categories. There's other categories, but they they do the same thing to me. They say this is off the record, and okay, but this is a podcast, and it's, you know, so I have to take that section out. Yeah, I'll always always respect their wishes. Always. I,
1: I have a hard time because I am under more than one NDA, and so you you wrestle with feeling like you sound stupid because you really can't comment either way. You can't say anything, so you fall silent. Well,
0: yeah, or just edit it out. As long as it's not live, yeah. No, I've been under, I'm not going to say anything about anything current, but in the past I've been under NDAs from Adobe, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. And, Mm. uh, yeah, so, but I know you know.
1: Well, that reminds me, how do you feel about Audition, and what do you use to edit audio with?
0: I use Logic Pro Mm -hmm. 10. I love it. But it's a musical, it's not a... It's not really meant for post-production. It's very, it's for, for making music, but I love the feature set of it. So many things about it, and I'm so used to it now that it's become second nature and I'm very, very fast with it.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I love, I love it.
1: Hmm.
0: All my podcasts are in Logic Pro.
1: A lot of people that work with audio use Logic Pro.
0: And I also, also have Digital Performer, which is the mode two equivalent of Logic Pro. That I started with in the '90s, because I I started a recording studio I had it in the '80s and '90s, and I recorded bands, but it was all reel-to-reel and tape, and you know it was it was live compressors and everything was when you did a mix down, sometimes you'd have two or three people <laughs> moving faders, and you'd rehearse it till you got it right one time, and then it, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean I had the guitar is. player once. We'll rehearse it and reach over my shoulder and get this fader and push it up to here. We'd mark it with tape and stuff. And then one one of the CDs I was doing in the like later 90s, I said, I'm going to get to this digital stuff and see how it works. And of course, there's no turning back when you do that. It's incredible, especially when you go to mastering and stuff. Yeah. That was Digital Performer that I started with. This was before Apple bought Logic.
1: You know, I have to ask you this. You said something on the air the other day. We were talking about music rights, and that's a, a subject for another day. But you did say that you get around that by creating your own music. And and my my ears went what? So you have to tell me for a minute about that. Anything that
0: I do on YouTube that's important and needs a music track, I'll use one of my tracks that I wrote and recorded. Okay,
1: and if I don't, I'm blown if away. I don't,
0: if I don't have if I don't have one, I'll write one. So that way you can. You can't come to me and tell me it's a music copyright strike. I wrote the thing and I recorded it myself. It's original music, recorded by me. I own the rights. I didn't give my rights away to publishing, so there's never been an issue with my stuff.
1: So now, okay, you write this music. I'm, I'm assuming you're using note paper, right? You use your musical paper, right? Or do you just compose at a piano? How do you? How are you doing this? You no know, guitar. On a guitar. guitar. Okay. Yes. You know one and, of the regrets and, in my life is that I I studied music for a long time. I don't know if you knew this about me. I wanted to no, be I, I studied music at conservatory in France. And when I was very young and I I was pursuing a career in music, I wanted to be an opera singer. And so I learned solfège, I uh, don't know the American word for it, you know, you could read music and I had perfect pitch. I was the person that would put the choir on pitch, and I I loved it. And then I had to make a decision about, okay, I got a scholarship to the Conservatory in Paris. Do I go there or do I go to an American college? And I made a decision to do that. And then I went back to Europe and still uh, was singing. But I, I was so scared of, of the instrument. When I was in, in school learning piano, I was so nervous that I don't remember anything from the time I got, sat down at the piano, played, and then left. You know, heard the applause and went off stage. I never picked up the piano. I never played the piano again. Well, that's... Isn't that terrible?
0: No, no. It's interesting because a lot of people would be afraid of singing but not afraid of playing the piano.
1: I guess my instrument was my vocal cords back yes. then. And well, that's
0: good. That's good to know. So next time we get together, we can do a uh, vocal rendition of something. Oh, I didn't that, know you would sing.
1: <laughs> that would be fun. Wouldn't that be fun? I think when you but, have music in you, it never leaves. It's always yeah, there.
0: I, I've been a musician since the, when I was in grade school. And I went to St. John's Elementary School in Silver Spring, Maryland, right outside of Washington. And I was in the boys choir. And I didn't know why I liked it so much, but I really liked it When I, when the other boys went to become altar boys. I said, uh, nah, I'm gonna stay in the choir. I was the oldest in the choir. Sister Daniel Mary was my <laughs> choir instructor. I still remember. But I didn't know why I liked it so much. But ever since then it's been all it's been about music my entire life.
1: Yeah. I started out in second grade. I remember um being in the choir in second grade and I was wearing a white choir robe with a red crepe paper bow at one of the concerts.
0: Right, right.
1: I think it's wonderful that you learned an instrument. I regret that I can't accompany myself, although uh, I do have now a new keyboard, and I'm going to start playing with it, see if I can get it. I might even take some piano lessons.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's worthwhile. I, I, uh, my brother is five years older than me, and when I was in grade school, he was a teenager, and he brought home an electric guitar and a little fender amplifier. From the first time I saw that electric guitar and amplifier, I was completely enthralled with it. I love electric guitar. Absolutely love it.
1: That's wonderful. Do you have pictures of yourself back then?
0: Not playing the guitar so much, because it was his, and I wasn't supposed to really, you know, had to do it when he wasn't around. <laughs> and he, ev- he eventually lost interest in it, but I it just started my career. I have now, I have, you know, quite a few. I have about uh, four or five guitars, and I have a couple. You know, maybe three or four or five amplifiers that I use.
1: You know, I've been trying to talk people to bringing into bringing their instruments to NAB, because I would love to just jam. I think it would just be so much fun to sit in one of the booths and get all our friends. There's a lot of very musical people in our our little group of techies, and I think it would just be so much fun to well, just I talk, yeah. Go ahead. I talked
0: I talked with Patrick Southern about doing a Final Cut Pro band at the summit one year, but of course, it's not gonna happen. I, I can't take my guitar with me. <laughs> I'd be it's it's too valuable. And I right. don't you know, I, I'm already at the, at the maximum level for stuff. But
1: I still think we should do it. Talk to the people who might be listening about... Uh, about what you think they could do to make their audio better in film and then also obviously in podcasting. But if they're doing a film and video project, do you have some tips you can give them?
0: Oh, I got plenty. <laughs> Let me tell you the first one.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Stop the mentality of I'll fix it in post. Yes. Stop thinking that I'm going to apply a noise plug-in to the audio. Every People do it all the time. I'm just going to slap a noise plug-in. I'm going to slap a noise plug-in mm, on that. No, They just do it automatically. Listen, get your audio right when you record it. Mm-hmm. If you have a situation you can't control the audio, you can use a noise plug-in. But don't throw it on every single thing that you do. You're not doing audio right if you do that.
1: It flattens I was, it. it
0: well, well, you shouldn't be using a noise plug-in yeah. if you do the audio correctly. You don't need it and under normal circumstances I'm talking with studio and stuff. Right. If you're out out in the field, obviously there's you have you can't control the street noise and you can't control this. But if you can control things, pay attention to audio. It happened all the time. When I I taught I was a Apple certified trainer for Final Cut Pro, I've been a trainer since version 5. Not even 10, but version 5 I started. And I taught for Boston University, who had had an extension in Georgetown outside of Washington, they had a a building down there that they taught um, film production and lighting and audio and everything. And I don't care how many times you tell people, audio is at least 50% of good video. They hear the words, but time after time, they would come back and say, my audio is no good. I did this recording over the weekend. I interviewed somebody. How can I fix it? I said, you can't. Mm, mm-hmm. You can't. If you messed up the audio, you can't. I mm-hmm. said, did you listen to the audio? No, I watched the meters. Okay. Mm, over, big mistake. Over over again, it's people. They know the words that audio is 50% of good video, but they don't pay attention to it. It's a, To me, it's more than 50%. I spend, I spend time, I practice with audio, with microphones and preamps and make sure my cables, I do the when I go out going to do a live event, for example, like at NAB, I'll do the setup here at the house, make sure it works, and then I'll break it down into as, as large, leave the components as large as I can with things connected as much as possible, but I always test it before I go out. Mm-hmm. So stop the thing where I'm going to throw a noise reduction plug in on. It
1: just no. automatically.
0: Don't do that automatically. Pay attention to your audio from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Test it the way you do anything else. The way you test a camera, the way you test lighting, test your audio. Get good microphones. Get close proximity to people. Try to, you know, just like you do lighting, get in a room that's, you know, has good, good sound to it when you can. Can't do it all the time. I understand that. But I hear people all the time. They just throw it on everything. If you do that, you're not doing your audio right. You're not paying enough attention to it.
1: Do you have favorite loves that you like to use when you're interviewing people? Or how do, how do you set up your uh, interviews when you're in a situation? Like, for example, if you were at NAB, you're doing interviews. How yes. do you record the audio for the people that you're interviewing?
0: I have two ways when I'm at NAB that I do audio. That I do live, either live streaming or recording. The one scenario, I'm behind the camera... And the person is in front of the camera. That's when I'm mobile and I'm just walking around and stuff. Right. The other scenario is I set up my camera on a tripod, and I go in front of the camera with a handheld microphone, and both of us talk through the one microphone. Mm-hmm. So those are two uh, those are two separate ways that I do my live things. And they require two different sets of microphones and two different ways of working with the audio. When I'm in back of the camera and the person's in front, I have a medium shotgun pointing toward the person in front. And then I have a wireless Road Go microphone mm-hmm. lapel on me. So I have me in the, on one channel from behind the camera, the small shot it's, it's a medium shotgun microphone pointed to the person in front of the camera. So, and they're on two separate channels so mm-hmm. I can adjust them independently. Mm-hmm. I test them ahead of time. I don't just go into a live situation and expect them to work and be perfect. No, I test them ahead of time. I test the volume. I test the clarity. I test, you know, I know these, both of these microphones, so I'm pretty confident in them. I check the batteries. I do all kinds of things. The handheld one is a, I use a Sennheiser MKE 600 medium shotgun with a wireless transmitter a body pack that transmits back to the camera Mm -hmm. that I have plugged into the camera. So that's how I do the two, two audios when I'm, you know, if I'm going to be on camera, I'm going to be invisible behind the camera one or the other.
1: Yeah, the shotgun makes it easier to move yes, between. it does. Yeah, because I use a, a, the SM58 because I like the isolation that I get from that microphone right. in a noisy environment. But yep. your arm gets tired after right. a while, you know. Um, right. Yeah. And then so I've, the- I've tried the situation where I've given the other person a microphone, and I have a microphone, so I have two SM58s re- right. running, but they never know how to hold it. Right, and it's, it depends. It's, you know, you can tell them before you start the interview, okay, this is where you hold the mic, and this is how far away from your mouth, and they go, okay, and then you start talking to them, and the minute they start into the conversation, they forget about the microphone. Next thing you know, it's, it's down by their chest, and, and it doesn't work, so.
0: Well, speaking of that exact same thing, the when I did when I was post supervisor at the um, National Archives, one of the other jobs that I did, I was the the A one. I was the main audio mixer for you know for live events, which means I would be the person that mic people up in the green room, et cetera, et cetera. So one time mm-hmm. we had Sandra Day O'Connor down there. Mm-hmm. The first female Supreme Court justice appointed by Ronald Reagan, and she was just the tiniest little thing, and she had two handlers. And when I went in to mic her up, a lapel mic, a body pack, she said, "I'm not wearing that microphone," and she shaking her finger at me. <laughs> "I'm not going to wear it." <laughs> I looked at, I looked at her handlers and said, "We got to get her mic'd up. What do you want me to do?" So we had we ended up giving her a handheld microphone on stage. She was like a rapper on the stage. Everybody else had lapels. She had her
1: handheld. Did she? Did she know how to use it?
0: We had it on a stand; it oh, was close enough to her. But okay. she she refused. She refused to let me put a lapel mic on her. So what are you going to do? Oh, I can't.
1: You know, sometimes I've found that some superstars like that don't like the lapel mics because, especially if they're wireless, they know that. You might leave that mic running the whole time. And if they walk right. away and they go right, somewhere right. else and they're talking, you're listening in. I, I've heard some wonderful stories from audio guys on sets about things they've oh, heard. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you
0: definitely can. That can, that can definitely happen. <laughs> so you have to make sure that you have you know the channels mute. I have it double muted when, until they go on stage typically.
1: Now, the microphone you're talking to me on, does it have a mute button on it?
0: No, but my audio interface does. I have a physical mute button. I love a physical mute button, cough button, whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah, because, uh, you know, I'm guilty. I'm sitting here, and I'm taking some notes while I'm talking to you, and I'm sure that I'm going to be able to hear my pen scratching on the paper, even though I put it as far away from me as I can. And that stuff has to be taken out. Yes, yes. I, I need a mute button. Definitely. No, I love
0: this. Yeah, the, the Apollo Twin X, which is a two-channel version. I just got the newer version. It has more processors in it. It has a physical mute button, and I love it. Before I had the other version that I had, which was called a, an Arrow, it didn't have a physical mute button. It had to do with the mouse.
1: I want to ask you about this. I got a, Harman makes a, a preamp processor, the DBX-286S. Okay. Have you ever used that? I'm wondering if that's going to be something that I'm going to enjoy having. My problem is I get into a conversation and I forget. And I, I think sometimes my mic habits, like many of us, I'll I'll laugh really loud or I'll start talking really loud when I get excited. Right. So okay. I want something that's going to help me modulate the sound. And I got this. I'm hoping that I bought the right piece of equipment.
0: You know, there's tons of equipment out there and different things. and And, uh, you know and i i've taken years and years i mean i have a recording studio at i have probably 40 microphones besides this tlm 103 i have Rode re20s i have other sennheiser what is this one i have here somewhere i've sennheiser microphones and all kinds of stuff and i'm not a i'm not an expert in microphones i just like vintage stuff more than anything i have i have you know 8 or 10 sm58s and the same amount of sm57s and I use different microphones for different things, but for, for a video recording, it's it's a more limited set.
1: Yeah. Well, you're doing a lot of live stuff on location, so you need more microphones too.
0: But it's 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 te- you know it's a matter of trial and error. I, t- I test things out, I test the audio, I test, 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 test.
1: I've seen you do that. When we are yeah. at NAB, I've watched you, or at the Creative Summit, you come early, you're setting up yes. your equipment, you're testing things, And you leave. And a lot of times (laughs) after we're done, a lot of times you don't socialize with all of us because you go back to your room and you're working on your production. And I really admire that about you.
0: Well, yeah, I I do like to uh, I, I go out with, you know, sometimes, but usually, you know, I go to bed early. I get up at four thirty. I go to bed eight. Yeah, at that's
1: my problem at these conventions because I get up exactly. very, very early, and everybody wants to party till the wee hours. I can't do that.
0: Well, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, so so we do. So we have conversations with our friends, and I do that year round, and we do it at you know we do it at the summits and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like to. Uh, well, a lot of times I'm going back to broadcast live too. I go back to my room and broadcast live for whatever the events were of the day. And to me, that's I enjoy that. So that's what I like to do. Sometimes I go out. I mean, I've been out with you and Philip and Greg. Oh yeah. We went out to Oh yeah. I'm not
1: saying you never go out. I'm just saying you're very disciplined, and I really admire that. And I did see a lot of your live uh, streams from Creative Summit.
0: Yeah, we had we had was it no NAB last year. I had fifteen thousand views of the of the different streams that I did. So. And, you know, listen, I don't make money off of that specifically, but I enjoy it.
1: Yeah. You know, speaking of making money, a lot of us are podcasting, and some of us have sponsors and some don't. Um, I always wonder if a part of me, I will never give up my podcasting, but there's a part of me that thinks I would love to have a radio show, like a terrestrial radio show i don't know if i could call it terrestrial i mean we call like owc radio is really a podcast but it it sounds like radio it walks and talks like radio but it's not it's not serious and it's not um you know your local your local radio station you know
0: right exactly no that's true i i like i like audio i really really like audio me too if it's not music or just talking and whatever. And, and the the fact that, you know, that we can broadcast live to the world is amazing. And you know, the quality that we get and stuff. It, it's amazing. It's absolutely, you know, it's like I was a ham radio operator when I was a kid. Um, and it was the same thing then to me. I could, I could listen to the entire world. BBC, this is way before the internet, BBC and, you know, it's... Uh, foreign language people speaking on the radio, and I could listen to that from around the world, and I've always, always liked that. And now we can broadcast on YouTube or Facebook Live or Periscope Live. It's amazing what we can do. I don't understand Instagram, though. I don't understand exactly what that is. So I, I have an account, but I just rarely <laughs> use it.
1: Well, you know, all the social media is getting complicated. It's not not even complicated in terms of one at a time. It's complicated because there's so much of it. You know, you have Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and now kids are using TikTok, and you've got all these outlets that you have to think about if you're going to market yourself. But let's take a minute before we have to go uh, and talk about mobile filmmaking.
0: One of my favorite subjects, absolutely love it. First off, the, the quality that the iPhone has brought to mobile filmmaking is astounding. Okay, with the iPhone 11 Pro, the quality of video production is just absolutely fantastic in a small device. I like the mobility of it. I like the portability of it. I like the idea that if I see something that I want to film, like a sunrise, I do it all the time, I don't have to get my GH5 out. I don't have to get the batteries for it. I don't have to get the media card for it. I don't have to get the microphone for it. I just go out with my iPhone. And I take the picture, or I snap it, or I do a panorama, or I do a filming. I did two live events this weekend. One was for the uh, Humane Society of Carroll County up in Westminster. They had a, a free event, and then I did one we down in Sykesville on Main Street. We had the Coco Crawl, which Sykesville Main Street is like a, a Main Street from the eighteen hundreds. Wow! It's just yeah, it's just incredibly you know old fashioned and everything. And they had a I did a live event streaming live from event from down there. I don't, didn't take my GH5, mm-hmm. which is a big hassle. I took my iPhone 11 Pro and I put it on an um, Osmo 3 gimbal. Mm-hmm. Love those. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I have the microphones that I've tested multiple, multiple times, set up in advance. And there I am live, and I have good audio, and I have good video, and it's, it's, you know, it's not shaky, not shaky cam, because I'm on a gimbal.
1: Now, what are you using for, an audio, for audio on the iPhone?
0: So I have a road. The uh, there's the one active device that's about seventy or eighty dollars mm-hmm. that you can record two channels in the lightning port, two analog channels into the lightning port. That's how I get it in. But it's it's the active one. They have a passive one too that I use sometimes. But you don't have nearly the. Uh, Flexibility with that Mm -hmm. one, so I use the active. Mm -hmm. It has an act that has active preamps. You can adjust them independent with the app, the Road Recorder app, I think it is, and you can record two mono tracks or you can record in stereo. So I I record two mono tracks because I want my voice separate, and I want the front facing microphone separate with the person I'm talking Mm to.
1: Yeah, it amazes me, and now with Filmic Pro. Uh, I think that's fascinating. Right. I have I have iPhone A cam, and I have an iPhone B cam. So I have two Eleven Pros that I use uh, when oh, okay. I'm traveling, okay. so that I could set up. You know, even if I'm interviewing or I'm doing whatever I'm shooting, I can get two completely different angles on it. Right. And I, I'm, I'm actually I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to go out. I'm going to try Filmic Pro and see if I can get four different shots at the same time.
0: <laughs> I'm going to love that. Well, you can't record. You can only record two of the four.
1: No, with the two cameras. Oh, with the two yeah, cameras. With I the see. two yes, cameras. Yes. So then I would I have four saying. angles on the same yes. shot. Um, right. That would be. That's going to be kind of fun. I am going to try that. Want to do something fun with that?
0: Now, the one thing about the Filmic Pro app, and, and they say it's an Apple limitation, is even though the iPhone 11 Pro has 4K cameras, you can only do 1080p when you're doing multi
1: Right. But it's still good, really good quality. Oh, it's excellent quality. Yeah.
0: That's what I stream in. I stream in 1080p. I don't stream in 4K.
1: I think you were at Creative Summit. You came in when I was talking about the trip to Sicily and using mobile filmmaking in Sicily. Right. Yeah, I took yes. I took all my big cameras with my beautiful lenses, and I did shoot stills, a lot of stills with those cameras. But I found, you know, in that hot Sicilian summer weather, to get really good sh- landscape or city shots during the day, you do it in the middle of the day if you can because there's nobody around. Everybody goes to lunch, and the lighting may not be ideal, but if you're doing just general shots of a town, it was hot, though. And and it was really hard to carry heavy equipment around. I found I would just taking the iPhone. Take the iPhone. Yes,
0: yeah. Same with me. I mean, I'll take my GH5 and GH4 mm-hmm. if I'm doing mm-hmm. a a proper sit-down interview, always. But a lot of times I'm not taking it anymore. I'm taking my 11 11 Pro yeah, Max. Yeah, I love it because the quality is incredible. It's not you know it's not as not as good as a GH5, but the GH5 you know I got to take lenses and I got to take make cards and I got to take batteries Mm -hmm. and I got to take, you know, whatever the the phone, I take it with me, plug a microphone and I'm ready to go because I've tested the microphones in advance. I know what they're capable of. (laughs) I know how to hook them up. And I, when I'm doing video, I always check the levels and stuff of the mics with the audio application. Mm -hmm. I always check them. Mm -hmm. I make sure that the audio in both microphones is good because one of the things about the there's one good thing about the stock Apple uh photo, the filming app, and one bad thing. The bad thing is it doesn't have any audio controls and it has no audio meters. Right. Which is a re- that's a real oversight on Apple's part. Well maybe they'll get to it. You oversight. know,
1: sometimes they
0: build yeah, that but stuff how in. How long are they, How long have they had the app? Years. Yeah. No audio no audio meters, no audio controls. That's the downside. The good side with the iPhone 11 Pro is I can switch the cameras while I'm recording and it just blends from one lens to the other. I, it's it's in software, has to be. You know going from the ultra wide to the regular to mm-hmm. the zoom, mm-hmm. it'll it'll go between all th- any all three of those back and forth while you're recording and it just zooms in. It just zooms in. It just blends it in. That's a fantastic feature. I hope Filmic Pro has.
1: And I, can, I like using the little wheel too, because I can go even slower if I want to do a yes, gradual uh, yep. pull back or zoom in. So I just put my I finger on do. the little wheel and adjust it that way, and it works beautifully. Yep. It really yes. does. Now, you know, here's, here's one thing that's difficult managing the files when you get back from a trip like this, if you can't do it while yes. you're trapped. And you have to. How do you, how do you get all of your media, your sound, your pictures, your video? How do you get it off the iPhone? Do you use AirDrop, or are you using um, something? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. What do you? How do you manage but I that? Use, I use
0: Photosync. Mm-hmm. It's an app that it, I think it's like six dollars or a year subscription, something like that. Six or seven mm-hmm. bucks a year for the for the pro version. There's a free version too. Mm-hmm. And I use that to get stuff off of my phone because I can very easily go in there and, and click the clips that I want and I can put, up, put them on my Mac via AirDrop. Mm-hmm. I, I make a folder and it just right. puts them in the folder. But to delete them, I can delete them on the phone itself. It's a two-step process, but it's quicker to delete things on the phone because I can slide across and down and it'll select everything between. I can make an right. L shape go across and then down, and everything gets selected. If I want to delete mm-hmm. all, and then I delete, then you got to go in and delete it again because it just puts it in a trash can, and you have to go in and delete it a second time in order to get it off the phone and re, you know to recover storage space mm-hmm. on the phone. Mm-hmm. So that's what I that's what I do. I don't. I never liked iTunes. I just I find it clunky and cumbersome. To get media on and off my phones and stuff. I just never was a big fan of iTunes whatsoever. So I got this PhotoSync to get stuff off the phone, and then I still have to go back and delete it from the phone, which I use their native hmm. Photos app.
1: Now, will PhotoSync let you make a folder and direct the file transfer into a new folder? Yes. Oh, on your I mechanisms. love that. So what I kind of do, which is a little bit, it it uses the native application. I put the pictures into albums and then I will download everything from that album. And once it's in the album, then I can pick another album and I can do that and then I go up and I make a new folder. I highlight the files that came from that album and I make a new folder and rename it on the hard drive. and that seems to save me some time. Is there a better way to do that? Right. Well, well PhotoSync, photo yeah. Fo-
0: PhotoSync, you have two apps. You have the phone. The app on the phone. Mm-hmm. You have the app on the Mac. The app on the Mac has a one of the preferences, receive. You set up your folder there. Mm-hmm. Name it what you want. Place it wherever you want. You can put it in photos if you want to, which I don't want mm-hmm. to. i am keep it myself. So I set up a custom folder there, and then when you go on the phone and select your images and you press sync and you select the, uh, I, in my case, I choose the Mac Pro, it automatically sends them to the folder that I set up. So that's the way it works.
1: Awesome. Are you using an application like Hedge?
0: I love Hedge. Yeah. Okay. I use Hedge. You know what I use Hedge for? I, I don't use it for the cards as much, but I use it for like I have my RAIDs right. and I want to empty my RAIDs, my two mm-hmm. RAIDs, I going to empty them into... So I set up two separate eight terabyte hard drives mm-hmm. in, in Hedge and I take the files and grab a bunch of files, put them in the left-hand pane, mm-hmm. get my two eight terabyte drives on the right-hand pane and then I just take all those files and put them in both mm-hmm. places at mm-hmm. once. And I love that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I use it all the time helps keep me organized. Well, Richard, I'm I'm sure I'll see you. We'll probably both end up at either BEA or NAB or both, I hope. And, um, well, and then that, I'll see yeah. you again at Cupertino, and we will be talking. I love coming on your show. You're very gracious to invite me, and it's always fun talking Absolutely. to everybody. So tell people before we go about your two shows and where they can go to uh, listen in and see it.
0: Well, if you want to listen to the audio podcast Final Cut Pro Radio, that of course you can go to your favorite podcast aggregator. It's in iTunes. Just search for Final Cut Pro Radio, and on the web, fcpradio.com, and of course on YouTube, Twitter, Periscope TV, and Facebook. I'm Richard Taylor TV. All one word.
1: <laughs> That's wonderful, Richard. Thank you for your time, and I want to thank. Larry O'Connor, and all the wonderful folks at OWC, which is Otherworld Computing, for sponsoring OWC Radio and giving me the chance to talk to wonderful people like Richard. And remember, everybody, what I tell you every week, get up off your chair and go do something wonderful today, okay? Thank you, Richard. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk again very soon.